Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Pilot House. Quick little intro at the top of this episode. This is our very first live episode. We recorded it just a little over a week ago at the Clockwork Alchemy Convention in San Francisco, California, while we were both on tour down there. So the audio is not great, but we always thought it would be really fun to do a live episode. And we were performing at this convention. They offered us a panel slot. So we decided, let's go for it. Give it a try. We had a lot of fun doing it. So I hope you guys will have fun listening to it. Also, sorry that this episode is a little bit late. Uh, I am home from tour now, but Strangely is still out there. And, you know, we're trying to make the episodes work and get them done, even with our uh, touring schedule and performing and everything and recording albums and all the other shenanigans that musicians get up to when they're not recording podcasts. Strangely, we'll be back from tour at the end of the month and we're going to knock out a bunch of episodes so we can actually build up a buffer. But we're going to try and stay on schedule through the rest of April, uh, even with him out on the road. Uh, We're going to try our very first Skype episode, so cross your fingers and hope that that goes well. And for now, enjoy our very first live episode with Wild Wild West, live at Clockwork Alchemy. Hello everybody, welcome to Pilot House! I'm Strangely Duesberg. And I'm Sarah Shea. Hello. Welcome to the Pilot House, the podcast where we talk about all the TV shows we missed the first time around. And try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, we remembered it. That's pretty good. <laughs> we recruited that once, and then it's been on yeah. the podcast each time. So, what, I guess this is going to be episode seven or eight or something like that? Is this eight. S- this will be episode eight of the podcast. We are going to record this, obviously, and then post it. Live as part of the podcast, so you can hear yourself go, woo! That's right. Immortalized in podcast form forever. Yes. So. Now we have your souls. (laughs) What's left? (laughs) So, uh, we're very excited today. We did a little uh, internet poll, and I believe the the results came in. The winner! With 67% of the vote, drum roll, please. We have the original Wild Wild West. <laughs> Not Which, the movie. No. With Kenabrana and... Kenabrana. Kenabrana. I decided to say Ken instead of Kenneth halfway Kenab- through. Kenabrana. Kenabrana and uh, Will Smith. Not that one. So, shall we lead right in with uh, the traditional what we know segment? Yeah. Yeah. So. We always start the podcast talking about what we already know about the show we're about to watch because we've never watched the show. And sometimes we don't know very much and sometimes we think we know things and we're wrong. (laughs) One time we watched an entirely different show than we thought we were going to watch. That was fun. Yeah, I kept waiting for Drake to show up on (laughs) on Degrassi. We thought we were watching the 2000s Degrassi and we watched the new, the teens Degrassi. The new, new, new Degrassi. The like Generation Z Degrassi. Yeah, that was a fun time. All right, so. So, what, what do we do know? You, what, do, what do you know about the show? I know that it's a TV show from the 70s? 60s. 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 Oh, already wrong. Um, and it, there's robots in the West. Okay. And I, I keep mixing up uh, this show and Westworld, what I know about them. Like the original Westworld. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I keep mixing up what I know about both of them in my head. So some of the things I may think I know about Wild Wild West may be things I've seen about the original Westworld movie. That was a movie, not a TV show, right? Right. With Yul, I think Yul Brenner yeah, is Yul a, Brenner. a robot. Okay. That's robot. something in my head that I kind of floated between those two titles. Um, and 
Yeah, I never saw the the 90s or early 2000s movie. Of this? Of the, well, the Wild Wild West movie. Oh. I heard the, the Will Wiki, Smith song. Wiki, 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 Wild. Yeah. I know there was a giant, ro- uh, giant, a giant spider in the third act. a giant spider. Yeah, because well, it was uh, John, P- John Peters produced it. Yeah, giant spider in the third act. It's yeah, thing. It's a John, John Peters trademark. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see. What do I know about this show? This was in the, in the 60s. I know that like uh, westerns were on the way out and spy shit was on the way in. Mm-hmm. So it was like. Uh, Get Smart and uh, The Man from Uncle and all those sure. kind of things. Uh, and this was like somebody being like, well, what if we made a Western a spy show? What? Like, what if they had like a telegraph in their shoe <laughs> or something like that? I mean, why not, right? Right. They so, had shoes. They had telegraphs. I mean, put two and two together. So Put shoe and graph together. Nope. Nope. Ooh, could you tap dance your message? Good question that from would, the audience. That, I don't know if, how much this is picking up them, but... Could you tap dance your message? Good that, question. That would be an amazing way to communicate. What about drug texting? I, I feel like it would have made a whole different show if they had been yeah. like, I have to send a message to home base, and all of a sudden they start doing a little soft shoe routine or something. Well, like, like, like drunk telegraphing, like... <laughs> beep, 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 like, oh, Carl fell asleep on the tab again. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just realized if there's, tele- there's telegraph nonsense in this show, that'll be two shows in a row we watched for the podcast with a telegraph oh, yeah. scene. Well, that was a teletype. Oh, in, excuse me. That's a teletype. Ripper Street. I didn't know there was this a This is difference. the future, man. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> if, has anyone seen Ripper Street? The BBC what? show. Yeah. yeah One person. Uh, we, if you're interested in hearing what the pilot was like, you can listen to our last episode of the podcast. All right, so, uh, oh, there's one other thing I know about this show. Mm, right. Uh, Loveless, the, 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 the Kenna Branagh character in the, Branagh. the the Wiki Wiki Will Smith movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Loveless, in the original show, I believe he was played by a little person. And so it was like this, like, kind so, of like a Lex Luthor kind of thing, like, I do not need brawn to defeat you. I have a keen mind. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if he'll show up. I just remember hearing that at some point. Oh, we're about to find out yeah. if that's true well, or not. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of uncomfortable things we're about to find out. <laughs> yeah, uh, everybody brace yourself for the 60s. All right, uh, let's go watch it. Yeah. Synopsis. Jim West, a spy for the American government in the Old West, is sent by President Grant to investigate a town where there's some sort of plot going on involving weapons and possibly a Mexican warlord type character who is maybe trying to start a war with the U.S. Uh, Jim has a fancy train car, a bunch of gadgets, and a sidekick named Artie. And they go to the town in question in the guise of a rich dude who maybe wants to buy weapons from the warlord guy. Uh, they meet a Chinese merchant who's just the most egregious yellow face you've ever seen, who leads them to a sexy lady that Jim used to smooch, who is involved somehow. And uh, they uncover some sort of plot, and there are a few lackluster fight scenes, and Jim uses a couple of gadgets to do some half-hearted spy stuff, and then they blow up a building. Also, a bird is killed. Seriously, that, that plot took 50 minutes? Oh my god. Okay, 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 here we go. 
just watched Wild Wild West. I think we did. <laughs> I don't know if I could say it was the best. Definitely not. Some things made me very uncomfortable, and the rest was shirtless Jim West. <laughs> Perfect. Same one. Oh, workshop, what a chest. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I have. I was, I was more distracted by those tight pants. I know, yeah, I know where where the costume department on on uh, Firefly <laughs> got their idea for got Captain some Tight ideas. Pants. Mm -hmm. Captain Tight Pants. So, so we just watched uh, uh, the Wild Wild West pilot. Oh, which Wild was, Wild West. Yeah, and it was. I mean, in many ways, exactly what I expected, except that I thought there was going to be robots, partially because the movie has robots. And yeah. partially because I keep mixing it up with Westworld. There were there were there was a distinct lack of robots yeah. in this episode. Tragically. But there were hidden gadgets. So many hidden gadgets. So many hidden gadgets. There were disguises. There yes. Quite a lot of disguises. On on both sides, antagonists and protagonists yeah. alike. Both had disguises. Uh, we had a, a sexy lady who I appreciate was not um, a prostitute or a, like a barmaid. Yeah. So that was. Yeah, but we didn't actually see her like running it. She wasn't behind the bar or anything. Which I guess I, just, I expect that. That's what I expected from her character in a in a, '60s western. Yeah. Well, she. Yeah, I mean, uh, with her and with a lot of the characters in it, I like that this is the first episode, and it's just like everybody's like, ah, it's you. Yeah. Like <laughs> you. It's not like. We've never met before. Let me tell you my entire... Ever since I was 12, my father taught me to gamble. Well, I've been we, running games up and down the Mississippi. We did And now get. I'm going to run one on you. Like, there was no... We, like, there was no, like, there was no uh, exposition pilot talk. Well, there was a little bit. She talked about ever since you left me at that train station in New Orleans. We right, got a little they, of that. They were talking about, like, a previous incident that had happened to them as opposed to, like... That seeing how all counts. these people met. And like, it still counts as expo log. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like... Nobody's meeting anybody for the first time in this. Like, yeah, Artemis except for the Jen, bad guy. Yeah, except for the bad guy. Who... Uh, glad he died. <laughs> yes, yeah, so glad that guy's not coming back. I mean, I don't know that I'm necessarily going to watch any more of this, but I would be way less likely if that guy was a, a regular character. Yeah, this ran for like five years. That's which, amazing. I'm so curious. I, I gotta say, like, this is probably one of the most underwhelming pilots yeah, we I, have watched. I expected, a lot of times with shows, the stakes are heightened in the pilot. Like, they, they, they chill out a little bit for the regular show. But with this, I mean, I guess the stakes were kind of high. They were talking about, like, starting a war. The president was there. Yeah, I mean, there was a but fake like, president, so that's yeah. exciting. But the action didn't feel very high stakes. There was never like, we have to stop this guy from blowing up this whole town. Like, he kind of already destroyed the town before the show started. Yeah. There was not, the only stakes were for about a minute and a half, we were worried that, that Artie and Lydia might get killed. And then they were like, oh no, he sent out the signal. We won't go up to the train. I was like, okay, they're safe. Like. It didn't feel like there was a lot of stakes. We knew Jim wasn't going to die because he's the protagonist. Right. 
That, yeah, I, I, I was just like, okay, you're, there you go. Yeah, and I mean, and it, I guess it was the 60s, maybe, maybe, they, there was, the shows were less actioning. I kept expecting them to be more like fights, more action sequences. The fights were a little underwhelming, I thought. Uh, but again, I keep having to remind myself, it's the 60s. Yeah. At least there weren't I, any amazingly ridiculous, like, Jim Kirk-style fight moves. Like, yeah, like the, the, the double-fisted fist. punch. <laughs> or, like, somehow lifting yourself up on the, the side of a wall and then two, two fit, kicking someone with both feet. Yeah. None of that stuff. There were no Trek punches. Actually, I would have appreciated more if there had been some of that, now that I think some, about it. Some, some ridiculous punches. fight moves, like futuristic fight moves. Yeah. I don't know. He did feel very uh, Jim Kirk. Some of the name Jim in the 60s. Yeah. Something about a Chris like... Pine-looking mother with a... With a not, try not to cuss on this one because it's live, even though I'm sure you guys have all heard it before. The, the cusses? <laughs> Y'all heard cusses? I, I gotta say, this is something that I have... It seems uncommon for the era. There's like a lot of night shooting. Yeah, it seemed like a bad move. Like, you're... you're, you're it's inevitable you're going to have to do, a, like, some night scenes, but they just did so many dark and night scenes, which is in black and white and with the quality they had. Right. I do love the scene where they're walking around this dark cellar, and Jim's like, hey, Artie, bring the lamp over here. And it's like, giant spotlight lights up that corner wow. of the cave. <laughs> the, bring that tiny lamp over here. <laughs> the, yeah, it was, like, it, I almost got the vibe that they were filming on the set of something more expensive, like after hours, like, oh. hey, can we borrow your train uh, like at night? Yeah. For, it's for, cool. For some filming? Yeah. It's probably exactly what they were doing, actually. Yeah, it might have. I mean, especially for a pilot. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't know if the show was going to take off. They're trying not to spend too much money. And they had to spend a certain amount of money on the costumes and the uh, that amazing prosthetic work. Oh, my goodness. On the villain. Oh, like cloud flawless. Atlas level of oh, confusing. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, so confusing. I gotta say though, let's talk about the the big Chinese in the room. <laughs> talk about the elephant in the room, which yeah. is that I was hoping from the get go when they introduced the the Chinese character, I hope this is a character in disguise and this is not supposed to be an actual Chinese person. Right. It's gonna turn out it is a white guy in a bad costume, um, and it, they almost got there. Although they for a minute there, I was like, when he goes, yes. I am I am Juan Manolo or yeah. Wen Manlo in the Mandarin pronunciation. I'm like, oh, please don't tell me they're gonna try and play it off that this guy is actually Asian. No, it is a white guy pretending to be a Hispanic guy. guy. Yeah, <laughs> pretending, pretending to, to be, be a Chinese guy. It's Layers. Like a, a racist turducken. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yup. Check that off in my notes. Oh man. I said that. A racist turducken. That was. Ugh, you had a good Speaking one. Speaking of one. birds, a parrot was murdered before our very eyes. Yeah, that was very disappointing. Uh, you noticed that the credits did not say that no animals were harmed in the making I of the picture. I did. I did notice that. It, again, I think it was. It's a, a '60s thing. They just didn't even care that the bird did not well, care. We, like, because the, there were some. Although this was obviously before the the Batman series. One right. of the things I think is funny about the old Batman TV show, they specifically have a shot in the like intro sequence when they show them getting into the Batmobile. They showed them putting their seatbelts on. And that was like a thing at the time that they were like, kids, watch this show. Right. And 
we're, we're just sort of introducing this whole people should wear seatbelts in cars thing as a law. I don't remember when it was passed into law, but they were like, let's show them doing it so it makes it look cool. Uh, yeah. But like apparently killing a bird a few years earlier was fine. I just feel like that would have been a thing where somebody runs in and goes, hold on, and grabs the bird. It would have been a funny moment. They could have played it off as a joke. but no, Not just the, the bird. bird just I mean, dies. like, it's implied, like, there was a butler working there. It's implied that there are, like, other people working that's actually, in that oh, that's a good point. massive mansion that they just, like, blew just up from the up. cellar. And Lydia doesn't seem that concerned. She's a little bit sarcastic about, ugh, now no, you're going to blow up the only house I've ever owned. You jerk. But she seems pretty fine with it afterwards. Yeah. She doesn't care about the, like, Doubtless, like, I mean, there's probably like a cook and a, I don't know, a, a, a baker, some, a candlestick maker. <laughs> there's going to be some other people in there. I do really appreciate that uh, they regularly referred to the character he was playing. Although, both of the characters he plays, our, our, our hero is named Jim West in the right. show, which sounds like a made up name for a Western. Like, you're like caught in, like, who are you, mister? Why, uh, I'm just a normal guy here in the Old West. My name is um, Jim West. Yes, Jim, Jim West. West. That's it. Just a normal Western guy. From, from the, the, the East. <laughs> but then also the two characters he plays as a spy on this show are, he just uses his real name. He's like Western James Bond. Right. Just like West, that's the weird thing about James Bond, right? Even when he's undercover, he always uses his real name. If James Bond is his real name, which Skyfall ruined for us, but I won't get on that topic. <laughs> but, like, he just says, oh, hi, I'm Jim West. Like, maybe people yeah. are going to start remembering. I guess it's a generic enough name they maybe think it won't be a thing. But... Maybe, and I guess, like, the other, the other thing is, like, he travels around so much that, like, he's never going to go back there. Mm. Yeah, but... I guess... I, yeah, it's, I think it's just a, a TV show thing. They just wanted to repeat his name a lot. I, I At least got, he didn't say West, Jim West. At any that's point. true. He like, I love that he gets hauled up in front of the president, <laughs> like shirtless, and then as soon as he realizes that he is there to meet the president, he continues to remain shirtless. Yeah, and just He's like in costume. hang out, like, in... like, it's like yeah, Mr. President. Yeah. I know why you really called me in here. <laughs> like, sorry, we had to rough you up a little. <laughs> and his apology, of course, for the introduction of the character being he's, uh, they had to bring him into the White House? No, it wasn't. No, it was, it was Difficult Run, the town yeah. of Difficult Run. Which, adorable. But, like, they had to bring him in, pretend he was, a like, a deserter who was going to be hanged or whatever, and he's all roughed up and shirtless and... The president's like, oh, sorry about that. We had to bring him in, you know, pretending you were going to be hanged. And he goes, oh, so I'm going to be sent out in a pine box? Yeah. But he gets an upgrade. His, uh... The Wanderer. What? Train car. Oh, no, I meant, I meant, uh, oh. he gets an upgrade in his character. Oh, yeah. He yes. gets, instead of playing a deserter with a shirt off... He gets to play a rich, rich dude. Yeah. In a fancy train car. Yeah, they, they, they call him a fancy dude. He's a, he's a fancy enough dude to rescue the president, I think we all know. Yeah. Which, speaking of that train car and where all the money went, I think all the money went to the set for that train car. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It like, was very lavish. Just, like, drawers coming out of the ceiling full yeah. of guns. All and... kinds of, you know what? Oh, Chekhov's pigeons. He didn't use Chekhov's pigeons. 
Not in he this says, episode, He no. says hi to two pigeons and addresses them by name. In, yeah. They're like, I assumed he was going to use to send a message. Nope. And we didn't have the telegraph or teletype in the shoe. No. The, it did, did have did a gun occur. in his shoe, though. There was, yeah. <coughs> yeah, and then he, like, had to, like, he was, like, slapping the heel back into the shoe. I'm like, how loose is that? I wouldn't want to walk around with that. I'm like in the middle of a, like a gunfight, and then the heel just comes off my shoe, and like some bullets fall out. And like no, the bullets were in his belt. Oh, well, he kept the bullets separately. Whatever this is was very it, sneaky. I'm just saying, like a hollow, a loosely attached hollow heel does not seem like a good thing to have. I love that you're caught up on this. On in a shoe. How sturdy the heel looked. Well, I, I, I don't it know if you noticed like a this strangely, but it was, it was a, a television cow, program. Cowboy boot. <laughs> It's Wait, all fake. You see. This, is, this is fake. Yeah, it was all fake. I thought it, I thought that was pretty clever because they show when he's first setting up in his train car, they show him putting all sorts of fun gadgets. He's got a gun that like folds back into his sleeve, and he's got yeah. a knife that sneaks into a secret pocket in his jacket. And then unceremoniously, all of those gadgets are found by the bad guys' goons when they're roughing him up. You're like, oh, they just, we don't get to see him use the gadgets. But then, of course, he uses a third gadget that we didn't see him hide. Right. And then we do get to see him use all of the gadgets in the train car. The blow-up, the exploding... Uh, pool cue. Pool cue. No, the pool cues were a, a oh, sword and a knife. The cue And the exploding, exploding cue ball. Yeah. yeah. So we did get to see him use all of those. And, the yeah, the sword cue was like... Yeah, I got to call shenanigans because the amount of force you would need to generate to throw a very thin, basically like a fencing foil yeah. type sword about two feet and get it to penetrate this giant man enough to kill him. Like the force you would need to generate. No, no human, no matter how strong, can generate that much force in a tiny train car. I don't know. Considering I, yeah. how that dude looks shirtless, I'd believe. He's pretty. That. I mean, he's pretty ripped. Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty, you're right. He's like the first time he appeared. I'm like, oh, what's up, Chris Pine? <laughs> he's like 1960s Chris Pine. I don't know what this actor's name was. Robert Gordon, is that it? Uh, speaking of the 1960s, I don't know him from anything else. Oh, please do. I thought um, it was really fascinating that there was like it was only two shots, but like they arrive in the town of uh, of K. Kimada. Kamada, yeah. Kamada, which I spelled correctly. Good job. Ah. Or at least I spelled it how the probably show spelled it. The yeah. Show. <laughs> I was like, I know how this is. I know where this is going. Yeah. Um, it's like uh, it's it's kind of an interesting cultural artifact of the time that they wanted to show in shorthand that the town was like having a crappy time and like people were, um, you know, beat down or down on their luck and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And the way that the creators of the show do that is by showing, like, three shots of townsfolk all heavily coated in, like, Oklahoma, um, like, Depression-era, like, uh, like migrant people. So there's, like, the kids with the dirt on their face eating out of, like, the tin bowl mm-hmm. and the... The kid hugging his dog. Yeah. And then, like, people with their wagons piled with stuff, but, like, it, like yeah. the... Even the way, like, the cinematography on those three shots was hard-coded, so Depression-era. Yeah. Because that was, like, very much in living memory for anybody who would have been watching that show. Like... Oh, yeah, I didn't think about it. Uh, not, even if not in living memory, they've seen movies. Right, but it's still, point. like, it's much closer to them than it would be to us. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't read it that way, but that, yeah. that makes sense. It's, I just saw it as, like, this is really quick, like... 
they, we see the sign for the city, like, welcome town. Welcome to Kamada or whatever, and the sign for the post office are on the ground, and they have bullet holes in them. Right. Because it wasn't just that the town was down on its luck. It had been attacked. Right. It had been, like, f- practically firebombed. Because the point was that uh, Wing Fat, uh, the Chinese character, his... his Juan Manolo? Yeah. His, uh, how, his merchant... His shop, whatever it was supposed to be. Right. His very lavishly appointed office in his shop was perfectly in, in perfect condition. And he even mentions that Lydia's house was also m- miraculously uh, spared. spared in the recent attack. And he's like, yes, how miraculous. So I think it, it, was, it was specifically not just, oh, this is how we convey that this is right. no, bad it's time. The, the specific like, visual yeah. like, cues that were being used. And then, yeah, the contrast with like, how uh, the shopkeeper's office... Yeah. Looks. Oh, we also had uh, May May never comes back. Yeah. Is she going to be? She's she must come back as a character later. I have no idea. Oh, man. How disappointing would it be if that was literally she was just set dressing? Literally set dressing. Oh, that would be so disappointing. I hope she comes back on the show. Maybe she reveals herself as Her like, and like a half, half uh, clockwork parrot seeking revenge. Yes. Oh my gosh, the parrot's a cyborg now. A clockwork cyborg. I think we've already written a better show than they ever got to. (laughs) Probably. I am definitely now imagining that that's, well, oh, should we move on to Cliffs and Shifts? Because I've got a good one. Let's do Cliffs and Shifts. Yeah. um, What we usually do on the podcast is we, after watching the pilot, we do a little chat about the, the plot and all that, but then we do something called Cliffs and Shifts where we talk about our predictions for the season one cliffhanger, and also if we have any ships amongst the characters. And now I want the season one cliffhanger to be May May and the Clockwork Parrot come back seeking revenge. That would be so fantastic. Like, they... And it's revealed that every single villain that Jim has, has taken down over the course of the season was just a pawn in May May's game. Oh. Yeah, so like the, the thing where... we never even see her face, really. We yeah. see her face reflected in a hand mirror. You never see her straight on. She doesn't speak at all. It's almost like she is being set up for like a later... Yeah. Later villainy. Like she's been there the whole time. She's just always there. If she was really meant to just be set dressing, it almost seems like they wouldn't have given her a name and she would have been in the scene more so they could make more out of, look, we hired this hot girl and put her in a, dre- in a cute, you know, Chinese dress. I can't remember what those called with the high collars. Like... Let's make yeah. use of her in the scene. Instead, she's just sitting there. She's not doing anything. Right. And we don't see her face except reflected in the hand mirror she's holding, which someone in the audience pointed out, Mei Mei means beautiful in Chinese, and uh-huh. she's holding a mirror. All she's doing is sitting on the couch looking at herself in a hand mirror. So that was like a little little reference. Yeah. A subtle reference for anyone who speaks Chinese. Speaking of people who don't really do anything, <laughs> like, I'm not entirely clear as to why Artemis was sent on the mission with Jim, like he's just, yeah, he's just backup. He's just si- a hilarious sidekick, right? Hilarious sidekick, yeah, backup I'm, guy. And I love that his his name is Artemis. He goes by Artie because he's yeah. like the the silly, you know, goofy sidekick character. And also, it's odd that his name is Artemis. I don't, I've never run into a man named Artemis. The spell with a U though, so maybe that's like the male yeah, spelling. Yeah, maybe Artemus. Artemus, use. I've forgotten what the character's last name is. It was in the credits. Gordon, that's right. Artemis Gordon. Yeah, like, I don't know what his 
like maybe Jim West is like the the rough and ready, uh, like countryside savvy guy yeah. who's like all guns and jumping yeah. over snakes. And Gordon is like when they have to go into New York City, he's like, oh, I know everybody. And yeah, I all I, the thing. I, I know think how he to was dress. just he was just there to be the one who you know would almost fall into the snake pit because you can't have Jim almost fall into the snake pit. He's the hero. But Artemis can be the one to be like, whoa, and then Jim saves him, and he's like, phew. Yeah. Those four snakes were really terrifying. I would say my, my, my like, thing that I want, my mm-hmm. ships or whatever, is just to have more, uh, more for Artemis to do. And also, uh, what was the, the, the lady character? Lydia. Lydia. Yeah, I, I want thought her to come back and, like, be a... Yeah, the, if you hadn't seen the credits, you would assume that was introducing her, uh, adding her to the gang, as it were. Right. And I love a getting the gang together pilot. So this was introducing Artemis and Jim as already working together. And then I kind of almost thought they were going to like work somehow work Lydia into the, the team. Right. But she was listed as a guest star in the credits. So I don't know if that meant she just wasn't locked in with a contract yet, but maybe they were hoping to bring her back. I don't know. Yeah, it was. We'd have to watch the second episode. <laughs> I don't know if I could make it. Yeah, the I don't know. Episode. I don't know. The the '60s racism is pretty bad, and I feel like there's going to be more of that. Uh, I'm sure heaps tons more. Heaps, oh boy. <laughs> so much more. Probably. Yep. I mean, it was the time. Yes. Doesn't it, excuse it, but it makes it easier to I, I'm unbreak not your brain. Yeah. Yeah, that so. was uh, that was uh, it was it was kind of fun. I wanted a little more actiony stuff, though. Yeah, I mean, there, there was some, but like everything felt very small and very contained for like the type of thing that it seems like they were going for. Yeah, until right at the end, where he's just like lighting some, he like sets up some wire or something, and all of a sudden she knows immediately what he's doing. There's yeah. no moment of. Whoa, what do you, wait, wait, hold on, what are you doing? Oh, oh no, you're not going to blow up my house. She yeah. goes, ugh, great, every time I meet you, I lose something. This time, it's the only house I ever owned. She's already resigned to the fact that yeah. he is about to blow up her entire giant mansion. <laughs> it's like... Full of people and parrots and who knows what else. Yeah, gamblers, money, dresses, champagne, I, yep. guns. Yep. All well, the no things cha- we have seen. She blew up all the champagne. So. She, did, she did blow up three bottles of champagne. And I have to say, I have never seen a le- least convincing... Like, person holding a gun. The way she kind of flicked it to fire it. Yeah, she, like, picks up the gun, and she's holding it like they have people hold guns in TV shows when they want them to not, to look like they don't know what they're doing. She's holding it with both hands, and it's kind of pointing every which way. And then all of a sudden she shoots, and I was prepared for her to all of a sudden be, like, spot on, straight aim, know exactly what she's doing. And maybe the her flicking it around was a game where Uh she was trying to trick him into thinking she didn't know what to do with the gun. But then, no, when she's... She's, she's shooting it really horribly. They did not teach her how to shoot a gun properly. Yeah, it's she, fascinating. They show her shoot three bottles of champagne, and the fact that she hits the bottles of champagne is our proof that she knows what she's doing. But visually, it does not look like she, she no. does at all. Are we running out of uh, I think let's, uh, let's get to our, uh, <laughs> our final verdict. Oh. So, uh, yeah, final verdict. Did this pilot do the job of a pilot do you want to watch more episodes of the Wild Wild West? Uh, no. Yeah, gotta gotta say, I do not. It's a hard pass for it's, me. It's kind of a hard pass. I'm a little bit curious about where it'll go from there. 
but it does feel like you said like a really sloppy mashup of a western and a spy show yeah. and they just kind of loosely wove them together they have not established the identity of either particularly yeah it, it did feel a little bit lazy also i did appreciate that everybody had 60s hair with like 1860s clothes and 1960s hair i don't know if that's the right time period for the west west yeah, but, but it was it's like that's what you always see in a period show except now people are getting better about it now but they used to always have Modern hair. Like yeah. Nobody wanted to cut their hair for a movie or TV show. Whoa. But yeah, I, I think I'm, that's going to be a hard pass. Although, oh, I forgot to mention during Cliffs and Ships, given that last scene where uh -huh. Jim and Lydia start making out and Artie pulls the window shade down, like, this show's just for me. I'm yeah. like, all right, I ship it. OT3. I just want these three <laughs> traveling the country on their fancy train car, like, spying it up for President, fake President Grant. Fake president. I gotta say, we've got a fake president's theme running here. Now. Yeah, this is the second show that we've watched for this podcast that had a, a fake president. Isn't it Ulysses? Yeah, Ulysses S. Grant was the fake president for the show. Oh no, yeah, not a fake president in, the, in like the Bill Pullman sense. Fake president in the sense of not. Not the real guy. Not the real guy. Which this is a period show, so obviously the other one we watched was NCIS, which was said in the present when it was released, and their fake president Bush is hilarious. Like, like. Yeah. So aggressively fake, we called him President Merkin for the whole episode. Listen fake to the push. listen to the podcast. Yeah. For that well, hilarious pun that we just told you. So we're not watching Wild Wild West. <laughs> yep. Nope. All right. Sorry. Well, <laughs> I think that's it. However, I think we both do want to watch Legend, which was the second runner-up for a show to watch on this one with yeah. MacGyver and Q doing like Time Lord stuff. I don't even yeah. know. So stay tuned to Pilot House for that. Yeah, we will probably point. watch that one for the podcast. All right. Thanks very much, uh, Clockwork Alchemy. Make, make a lot of noise like you're a huge crowd. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right, real quick. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pilot House. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pilot House Pod. Check out their website at pilothousepodcast.com. And if you want a little more information about the event where we recorded this, I believe clockworkalchemy.com is a place to learn about it. It's a pretty yeah, fun time. I'm uh, not going to try to spell it this week. Yeah, nope. <laughs> That's it. All right. Bye. Bye.